Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one DVD from our mother's giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what movie did we pick last week to watch this week? Atonement. We did pick Atonement. And it's a film that neither of us have seen, correct? Nope. Had not seen it. I had not seen it. I hadn't even heard of it. You hadn't heard of it. No. Name. Didn't sound familiar. Cover. Didn't look familiar. Knew nothing. Nothing. Not even the iconic green dress. No. Really? No. Okay. So... The dress is iconic, not according to you, but I thought it was the other Bolin girl, but I think there is a green dress in the other Bolin girl, but I thought that was what the iconic dress was, but it's actually this film. This came out in 2007? Correct. December 9th. Was I too young? Like, is it rated R? What is it rated? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, It's somewhere. It's somewhere over, not that side, turn to your other side, maybe? There's like a stack of books and it's... Should be sitting on top of the stack of books. So the movie is rated 14A, so you would have just been old enough, I believe, if my math is kind of correct, to have seen this. I had no I've never seen a tra- trailer. Didn't I, I I don't know what I was doing when I was 14, but I wasn't. Well, you were in high school. <laughs> I wasn't watching moving trailers. Oh, no, don't we Mo- wait, moving trailers? Movie trailers. <laughs> don't we own the most amount of our movies? Uh, the 2000s and 7s? Five. Five. 2005. Right. Okay. Yeah. 2005. 2004, 2006 is a close second. Okay. Behind. And I would assume like, yeah, 2007 would kind It'd of be, like be a, around there. But a, a bell curve. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be like a bell curve, basically. As to, like with the movies, you've got the peak. That's uh, 2005. So... Mom and dad have both seen this film. Mom took dad to the theaters to see this film. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you, cause you left pretty quickly last week, I said it was atonement. Mom's like, oh, like dad and I've seen that in the movie theaters. And I was actually very, very surprised. And mom was like, yeah, Saoirse Ronan's in this film. I'm like looking at the cover. I'm like, no, Kira Knightley's in this film. She's like, no, Saoirse Ronan's in the film. I was like, mom, Kira Knightley is on the film cover. Kira Knightley is in this film. Saoirse Ronan plays Bryony. This was like one of her first roles. Saoirse was in Brooklyn. Yeah, the other one. Yes. It does have me think though that maybe mom's mixing up Brooklyn. I don't know if dad has seen this film. Dad, dad hasn't seen Brooklyn. She took me to the movie theater to see Brooklyn. I thought she also took dad to no, the Because I thought saw, mom saw Brooklyn like three or four times. She saw it twice. Theaters. She saw it once alone and once okay. with me. Okay. Anyways, so they went to the movie theaters to see this one. Dad said it was a good film. Now I'm like, what does dad deem a good film? Because it, like, it was fine. I do have to say I was not in a good mood watching this film. I really hated having to watch this under a time crunch because we had picked this I had one day to watch it and then I had to give it to you because it's not on any streaming platforms to make it all worse it didn't work in the PlayStation did it work in your PlayStation no problem so what had happened for me was it didn't work in the PlayStation you got really lucky that it worked in the your PlayStation yeah I have a no problem i i swear i didn't even have like a main menu it just played i i 
had the complete opposite. I got through all of the trailers and then all of a sudden errored out and it kicked me off and it went to the main menu and it says uh, like disc error. I was like, what are you talking about disc error? Like this is a new disc because it was a wrap DVD. No that, way. That mom bought for $5.99 at either HomeSense or Winners. I know it's that specific sticker. That's a good price. Yeah. So I just was kind of a bit baffled. And I was like inspecting the disc. I was like, did I did I do something? Like I'm the first person to watch this. Or did we just own a bad copy? I was like, fine. I'll go to the computer and I'll put it in the little USB disk drive that I have and sit and watch it. Again, I could not get it to play. And I'm just like panicking because I'm just like, when am I going to get to watch this? Like, I have to watch this tonight. Brayden really wants to play Xbox. I don't want to kick him off the Xbox. But if that's what happens, like, that's that's going to be what happens. So I decided to, like, fuss around it. And I go to scenes. And I select chapter two. And then I just scrub all the way back. And it finally worked for me. And then 45 minutes into the movie, the disc decides to eject itself. I had no problem. <laughs> No problems whatsoever. And it sucked too because like I was really looking forward to because where the PlayStation is, it's in the bedroom. So I could just sit down in bed and kind of relax. I had to sit in my desk chair, which is like kind of comfortable, but like it doesn't compare to a bed. (laughs) So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not having a great time watching this film because I don't want to be doing this right now. I I had it in my head that I would be sitting in bed. I could do something. And I think I'm not a computer movie watcher because I was so close to opening up Jigsaw Dream Puzzle and playing a game. But it was like, I can't do that because I, I really should, you know, watch the film. I do think that this film for me personally is the kind of film that I will enjoy with more than one rewatch. Not because I think there's like more to necessarily pick up on, but I think like the whole concept of the film, I would then appreciate a bit more. I think what I was having a really hard time with is trying to figure, I was like sitting there, I was like, well, what's this movie about? Like, why is this happening? And I was like stupidly doing research too. And so it was like, what's the purpose of atonement? So it was kind of like spoiling things oh, for myself. Yeah. Hmm. So it just, it wasn't, it wasn't the movie I thought it was going to be either, but I had no preconceptions going to the film except for it had Kira Knightley in it. And according to mom, Saoirse Ronan, which that's correct. She is in this film. So we had pulled this movie and I had texted Grayson saying, do you want to watch this with me? Should I wait? And he's like, oh, no, I've seen it. I have actually read the book, too. Yeah, it's a book. And I was like, oh, it's based. On, I've never heard of this before. So in grade 12, they read it in grade 12 English and then watched the movie in grade 12. Oh, yeah. the top review on IMDb claims that this movie is just as good as the book. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he said he really liked it and he enjoyed it and was surprised that I had never heard of it before. So I'm also quite surprised, to be honest. <laughs> I remember like this trailer coming out and all the English lit girlies being all excited about it. 
But again, like you weren't friends with the English lit people. So no, that doesn't really surprise me. Also, you would have been grade eight, grade seven. Yeah. English lit definitely would not exist in grade seven, grade eight. Grade eight. Yeah. Grade eight. We were at the other school, though. No. Grade nine. Oh, sorry. I meant the original school. <laughs> in my head, I was like our first school. Oh, we no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in grade nine, that's when you moved to. Yeah. Yeah. Or we both moved you because I was grade 11. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So the movie had a budget of $30 million and it grossed worldwide $131 million, which is very mm-hmm. successful. I'm quite surprised as to how cheap of a budget this was after reading some like uh, facts as to like what went on behind the scenes. So for the scene of the beach, they spent three weeks setting up the town to make it look like Dunkirk. They hauled in thousands of tons of sand to cover up roads and boardwalks. They had to repaint some of the buildings because they obviously can't. Um, they were mimicking the time. Well, yes. Also, the coloring of it all was yeah. very gray. Yeah. And then they brought in some ships and a couple of other like big ticket items that kind of were well they had that. The, like the ferris wheel or like the that's actually there i'm sure it is yeah i'm sure it is but it was just and the slides also there that's a yeah and a lot of people a lot of things going a on thousand extras yeah a lot of a lot of things were going on yes so it took them three weeks to set up the scene they had two days to shoot They ended up only having one afternoon to shoot due to the weather not cooperating for them. And they had to coordinate all a thousand extras while doing all of this. So the very first day that they were supposed to be shooting, what they ended up doing was just rehearsal after rehearsal after rehearsal because they knew that this was just going to be a one-shot deal well yeah the way it's that this steady cam it shot. is it it flows through the different parts of them coming over and then down and the horses and then them there's there's a lot of things going on before he finally gets like up over to where the the bar is or whatever yeah they did a total of five takes that sunday afternoon i think is what it said on imdb and they ended up using the third take. And that's all they did for this. It then took them 10 days to clean up everything that they had oh, done. I'm sure. And I was just like, for five minutes of the movie, they've spent all this money. And it's just like absolutely incredible. So that's why I was like looking at the budget. I'm like, $30 million? I bet that scene cost them like $2 million of the budget just to do that. Because you're paying all the extras. You're paying all the crew. But then all of the work that's associated oh goodness, with yeah. all of this is just kind of insane. I did see that was another thing. I didn't spoil it for myself, but I was like, where did they film this? I need to know. And it's a city in England that it's called Red Car. And I've been near it, but not I think it was like an hour outside of it. But it's very typical English coastal town is what I would say. Okay, And so it must have been picked for the specific architecture of uh, the buildings on the uh, boardwalk. Kira Knightley actually was approached to play the Bryony role, but she decided that she wanted to do Cecilia because she was tired of being typecasted as a woman or a girl going into womanhood. And so she wanted to take a very woman scene, mm-hmm. like not scene, more mature, more mature approach to acting so that she could then level up. Because if you think about it, <laughs> 
Pirates of the Caribbean. Bend it like back, I'm sorry. Exactly. And Pride and Prejudice, yeah, okay. which she had just previously done. Saoirse Ronan was only 12 when she auditioned and then got the role. So she was 13 when she portrayed uh, the character. Yeah, Bryony. And very interesting to see the casting after her. I think they did a really good job of Bryony, except for the old woman, which is... Oh, I didn't, mind, I didn't mind the old woman. You didn't? It was the... It was the middle one. Oh, okay. I just, like, didn't believe the acting. Okay. I didn't feel connect as connected to the character. Interesting. It felt very distant. Okay. Okay. I thought they did her hair very well to match. Like, Oh, her, looks- her look, yes. But I, I guess acting-wise, it didn't hit as hard as... Sersha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh... As for the DVD itself, it had a lot of trailers. It did. I flipped through all of them, except for I watched the first couple seconds of the first one, and I thought, I don't know what's going on, so I'm skipping it. I don't remember. So I'm looking at some of these, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember what they are. Closing the Ring was the first one. Yeah, it was some man walking up a hill with his son, and he was digging, and I was like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember this at all. The next one was Sex in the City. I, I definitely remember that one. And I haven't seen that movie before, but as soon as I played the music, I knew exactly what they were advertising. The next one was Passchendaele, which is a war movie. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. This aligns with like, I know there's war themes in this film. Actually, there was less war themes. I thought it was like going to be really war heavy in this film. It was not. And I appreciate that. The other one was Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day. I feel like there's like a Miss Pettigrew franchise and I've just never seen this trailer before because it just wasn't what I expected. But basically she is like this nanny, but then she like ends up nannying this woman that is after a whole bunch of men and they like bond. I don't know. It was kind of like interesting. I was like, I basically feel like I've seen the entire movie. (laughs) And then the final one, which again, I don't remember what it it's about is the diving bell and the butterfly no idea okay. there was a lot of trailers on there this i was were. actually quite surprised which was it shocked me when i kept hitting forward 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 and then i like w- swear i just went right into the movie and i was like oh okay it's happening <laughs> okay so i think this is a very complicated story i don't know how to eloquently talk about this movie But England 1935 was the first thing that was on the screen. Yeah, essentially, it's a romance of these two people who... What are their names? um, Cecilia. And? I don't know his name. Robbie. No, Robbie. Okay. Uh, Robbie's mother works for Cecilia's parents. parents. Yes. Um, So that's how they know each other. And obviously, they're of different like class because of that but it doesn't really matter because Robbie's a really great person um and Cecilia has a younger sister named Bryony correct no I know Bryony's name uh because she pissed me the fuck off (laughs) um anyways Bryony fucks up big time and gets Robbie and to a lot of Robbie's his name yes oh wow it sounds so weird it doesn't sound right seem right okay gets him into a lot of trouble yes and he ends up going to jail and it's a mistake on Briny's part 
for sending him to jail, but she does not realize this until she's much older. And it's because Robbie had sent a letter to Cecilia that said some quite, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Crude, vulgar, explicit, explicit words. Yeah. Um, and Bryony's like 12. Yes. And can read obviously. And is like, what the fuck is going on? And assumes that he's a, a sex, uh, Maniac. maniac. Um, and she confides in this other person about it. Anywho, this other person is getting essentially raped is what it looks like. Yeah. From Briny's perspective. She does get raped, though. That is she is getting raped. OK, I was so confused because then they end up getting married and I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. OK, that has to do with the fact that. You're, and you're trying to understand her character a bit, but like she wants to secure a place in the world. And so it's all for money. OK, OK. And then like. She doesn't say who it is. So I was like, did she not know who it is? Was it like, I was generally confused with that aspect of what was going on there. Anyways, Bryony assumes she knows who it was or saw who it was and says that it is Robbie. And then also shows the letter to the police and off goes Robbie and Cecilia is devastated. Absolutely devastated. And the war starts. Yes. Well, years years have passed. Years have passed and the yeah. war has started. And I guess people in jail had the option to stay or enlist and go fight for their country. So off Robbie goes to fight war and he's in France. Yeah. So he fights. And then it we do see that before he goes off to war, he does get to see Cecilia again. She visits him. And is so upset with what Briny had done. And he's obviously hurt because he's had to live through his life in prison since that moment. And he was going to be a dog. Like he he had his whole world ahead of him and it completely changed. And she promised to be with him and had wrote letters to him and all of that. And that was really what was keeping the two of them going. When he went off to war, they continued to write to each other. Um, and there was a cottage by the water. I think it was like them dreaming of the future together. And yes. that's like what the symbolism of that cottage is. Yeah. Whether or not the cottage truly it exists. exists. Yes. It's just like uh, yeah. when this is all said and done, this is where we will meet and we will continue our lives together. Now we see the war is over and they're getting picked up and Robbie gets picked up and goes home and oh, Bryony's also a nurse at this point. Yeah. So Cecilia is also a part of the world, the war war front. She decided to become a nurse. nurse. Yeah. So both Bryony and Cecilia are nurses and they're treating the men that have come back home. Bryony um, uh, approaches Robbie and Cecilia to apologize. And then we get to the final scene of Bryony being old. <laughs> yeah, she's older in her life and she's written a one of her final novels is what she announces. And we find out that the ending that we received of uh, Cecilia and Robbie being together is not true. It's just what she had wrote in her novel and that um, 
Robbie had actually died like the day before being picked up and Cecilia had drived, had died, had died in um, like there was a bombing and they were in the tunnels and it hit a water main and it flooded. So she had actually died in that. And then Bryony had carried around the guilt her entire life of the mistake that she had made. Now, the most interesting part of this film is the way that it is told mm-hmm. because it is told by perspective. You will get the perspective of one person and it will play through what they are seeing and they don't understand the full picture of what is going on. And then you'll get a rewind and you will get the scene, same scene from a different perspective of what is going on. And, so, And you as a viewer are now getting more, more information. Yes. So you can see why. Bryony makes the decisions that she does because at the beginning we really follow her perspective of getting this letter and then she comes across Robbie and Cecilia together um, and she freaks out. But then we get a rewind and we get the perspective. Oh, there's actually two times that she Mm -hmm. comes. There's two different times that she comes across Robbie and Cecilia together. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? But she's a 12 year old kid and doesn't understand the dynamic between the two of them. And then we get the rewind and we get to see the same thing from like Cecilia and Robbie's perspective together. And you can tell that they are honestly just flirting with each other. They, They want to be together and they haven't like let anyone else know that that is what they wish for Mm -hmm. and it doesn't help the narrative either because when Bryony and Cecilia are chatting with each other before you even see the um, water fountain scene that Bryony says to Cecilia like oh I never see you with Robbie you don't you don't talk to Robbie anymore so in Bryony's mind they're no longer friends. They've yeah. kind of grown apart. So when she's now seeing all of these things, like things aren't adding up and he, to her, he looks like a horrible man. Yes. Yes. And I mean, that's essentially what happens in the end of this movie as well as we get the perspective of Bryony's book or novel, how she, she wish, like she gave the the life she wished the two of them had had together. Um, and oh my God, I cried and just cried. Did you? Oh my goodness. I hated this. And I was like, I hate this movie. (laughs) So sad. So heartbreaking. And I was like, well, it's over. (laughs) No, I, I will. I probably will never watch this film again. If, and if I do, I will only watch the beginning 20, 30 minutes. And then I don't think I'd. I watched the first 45 minutes, no problem. And like really try to dial in on some details that I think are good foreshadowing for later on and symbolism for later on. Yeah, I kind of hate this movie, but love it. It's uh, It really, I was feeling unsettled at the end of it and just sad and thought, I'm going to stop thinking of this film and I actually don't want to do a podcast and talk about it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, no, thank you. That was just sad. Sad that such a small, not a small, but like she believed in what she was doing was right and the truth and how it just changed the, the lives of people close to her. Which kind of like leads into uh, my, my question that I have for you 
because obviously Bryony is in the wrong for making up stories and thinking that Cecilia and Robbie can't be together due to her jealousy issues, which we find out through the story that Bryony also likes Robbie. Yes. That's also an issue. Do you think Bryony is a psychopath or has misplaced her interest into something that she knows will not be true? I think it's the latter. I think she's very obsessive and very like controlling, manipulating, because it seems as though when she's like kind of has that perfectionism so, about her. Yes, when we see her when she is young. Because she's trying to appease her mother yeah. and parents. But we don't, I don't like this is the issue is when we see her later on. Like mm-hmm. I it feels very a disconnected or disjointed character from what we saw earlier. So I wouldn't say so in the sec sorry, I'm just I wouldn't say so in the second version that we see of Bryony. But here's the big question. What version of Bryony did we get? Did we get the story that she wants to tell? Or the actual Bryony? Because did story Bryony become a nurse and real Bryony was actually the writer? This is where we don't know and we have to make the assumption as a viewer. Yes. I mean, I think the first one that we got is like the real. The first time, the first version that we got is the real Briny. Um, as in the kid or the, kid. The, the nurse? No, the kid. Do you, do, but do you think, do you think she actually became a nurse or did she manipulate that in her story? I would say she did. What else were females doing at that time? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think so. I think she must have fallen, followed those steps, um, especially because we got that one interaction with the man and the bandage with the head wound. Um, I feel like that would be too difficult. Yeah, or just so weird to plug in there without it being her actually becoming a nurse. I can see her being very guilty for everything that she had done. Yeah, I, for me, don't believe... Anything that comes out of that woman's mouth? Exactly. So, like, in my mind, she's just picking and choosing what she wants you to believe to make her be the better version of herself. And so, basically, by her saying that she's become a nurse, she's trying to reclaim everything that she's done bad by chasing after her sister. Like, it's too perfect. I wish we had gotten... um. Because you don't get a flashback as to a different perspective as to like what's happening. No, I no, I really what I wish is that we had gotten to see the play, the the first play that she wrote. I really wanted to know what it was all about. Like, what was she trying to write at that time? What was going on through her mind is kind of I was disappointed that we never got the play. Mm, that's yeah. And then she writes I, a second play. Well, yes. And I feel like she would have wrote to what she was obsessing over at the time, which could have been Robbie. I would have loved to have, I don't know, seen that playthrough, but we didn't really. No. Said we just got the twins and the girl. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think she has psychopathic tendis- tendencies, but I like psychopath might be too strong of a word, but I think she 
after what she had done, I still believe that she has people pleasing tendencies is kind of what I would say. And she's trying to repair everything that she's done wrong. And by writing this novel, she feels as though it's like, okay, it's a bit of like a redemption. And by choosing this ending, I'm making sure that they are getting the ending that they should have like deserved. It's, okay. it's very, this movie really makes you think. And maybe that's what I wasn't prepared for either. I didn't think this movie was going to make me really think. Okay. So this movie was directed by Joe Wright, who had just completed Pride and Prejudice. Oh, interesting. Did you find it as visually stimulating or were there things that were lacking in comparison to Pride and Prejudice? No, I thought it was visually incredible. I thought it was very well thought out and planned. Um how everything was filmed especially with the perspective shifts but also the coloring um of them when they are younger versus four years later um and obviously during the war and also that the one scene that we had mentioned on the beach was just really good to to watch um and then he walks through the bar and then when he walks through the back and there's like that old, old film. There's just a film playing. And he's like standing in it. I don't know. I it, I thought it was well planned out and I thought it was beautiful to look at. I was actually quite surprised. Like I, I have a bit of a different opinion than that. Like I'm not saying that it wasn't beautiful to look at and there were things about it. And it's hard to say because like, I shouldn't really be comparing it to Pride and Prejudice because they're two different movies and like there are two different topics and whatnot. But I think... What ties in visually for Pride and Prejudice is all of the ambient noises that happen. You have the birds chirping, which I wasn't really pulled into it as much, okay. which is is fine. And I think it's also not fair to compare it either because I think the architecture in Pride and Prejudice is a lot nicer, but I mean, we're dealing with different time periods at this point as well because yes. Pride and Prejudice is like the 1800s. We're now 1935 so of course things have completely changed but I didn't find myself pulled into it as much as... I don't think you're supposed to be for this one. No? No. Okay. This one at like if I was like oh it feels like a mystery Yeah, is how it felt. I feel... You more like you're an observer, observer. when you're watching an, a mystery film. Um, interesting. I do agree. Like there wasn't like the ambient ambient noises that you have in Pride and Prejudice. So yeah, you have like the um, typewriting clicking. Oh yes, and then the like the I like the water fountain scene was really really nice, and like the house that they were in was really really pretty. But then, yeah, it becomes very heavy with all of the war scenes. And then, of course, like the absolute traumatic scenes of the war happening at the nurse's station at an hour and 27, hour and 28 minutes that goes on for about two and a half minutes. Oh, that was really, really rough to watch. That was more traumatic than Pearl Harbor. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Because it was more graphic. Pearl oh. Harbor... I think what they were really, really it was like playing the, your emotions. But yeah, but it was also just like more chaos is what that felt like. There's just a lot going on where this was like people are dying. 
Here you can see all their injuries and wounds. Yeah, but you also hadn't fallen in love with all of the nurses like you had in Pearl yes, Harbor because yeah. in Pearl Harbor you had all of these women that you had previously met and uh, kind of had developed feelings for, if you, so to speak. Yeah. I was shocked by the ending. What did you think was going to happen? What were... I was like, oh, yay, they're together and this is going to be perfect and we're all good. And then we get the scene of her and I was like, oh, she wrote a book about it. And she's like apologizing for what she had done. Cool. No, 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 no. We get we get the actual ending. And I was like, I fucking hate this movie. Would you read the book? I don't think so. I do know the story. I don't think it would be like a page turner. I wish I had read the book first. Uh, the, yeah, I was going to that question. Yeah, watching the movie. Would you read the book? No, because I don't really think it's my kind of book, but it's definitely my kind of movie. Okay. Because you're not wrong on the mysterious aspect, but it is funny because like nowhere does this just like this movie is described as a drama war romance it is not a mystery by any means but it has mysterious elements to it well yeah because the first time that you get this rewind or flash back and other perspective you're, you're like oh there's more going on so then the next time it was happening I was I was waiting to find out what was actually happening um, like among the other characters not what was going on with Bryony at all um, yeah, my my first note just says I enjoy the way the story is told. It was told very well. I do think it's an interesting take on your actions have consequences. I think it's taken to the extreme, though, and really, really dark with a lot of things that do happen because your actions can have a butterfly effect, but man, this like really had a huge butterfly effect because it ends up screwing up two people's lives who are no longer with us. Hard to say if that would actually happen in today's age where we don't really have an active war happening in England right now is what I would say. But like, obviously there's wars happening, but I'm like specifically England not being involved. So what would this look like if they weren't enlisted but then it's just like he would then still be in prison like why would he have any reason to leave prison so the story wouldn't make sense in today's time yeah no it i have yeah i have no idea i hate briny <laughs> why because she she should have just not stuck her nose in somewhere it didn't belong like she didn't have to look at the letter she didn't have to like duh. And he could have also just grabbed the correct letter. He had, that was the other frustrating part was he wrote two letters and he gave the wrong one. And it like, but he also trusted her. Yes. Which he shouldn't have. But like, so it's Robbie's fault. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> like a minute, no, seconds after giving her the letter, he really, he's like, oh shoot, what if I, and then he calls for her, but she's already ran off. Which is weird. Like, why? Why would she run off? She heard him. I don't know. So that's why I'm like, I I think she's she's a bit like in her head about a lot of things. Okay. That's why I'm like, I don't really trust 
who we saw at the end was the like i don't think she's inserted her real life her truth okay in the rest of the th- she's just ending. a storyteller she's just a storyteller okay and she likes to live in a fantasy world and the only way that she can make peace with what's actually happened is by writing the ending that she can basically be satisfied with okay yeah my I have four notes for this movie. So the first one was, I like, I enjoy the way this story is told. My next one says, four years later, six months earlier. Well, that's an incredibly sad ending. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I just sat and watched this movie and was kind of in awe with how it looked and what the story was. Okay, so there's a lot of symbolism in this film. So the green dress is a huge symbol for um, suggesting that she has sexual power and the potential of harm, which definitely happens Mm -hmm. uh, later on. But the green dress is also so iconic because it's compared to Audrey Hepburn's black dress in uh, The Breakfast at Tiffany's is one of the, an iconic dress. And the other one is The Seven Year Itch, I believe, which is a red dress. There's also people on YouTube who have watched before recreate this iconic look. Uh, Makara Tours is one. That's why I was like, I'm like very, very familiar with this green dress. And I remember in 2007, 2008, 2009 prom grad dresses, that style was quite big. I don't know if you would necessarily remember that, but like there were people at grad who had similar flowy didn't have the interesting princess dresses interesting no i again i don't know how i missed this film and i wonder if it was just never really on a streaming platform either i don't think it ever has been well so it i feel like this is something if it was on netflix netflix would have recommended it to me at some point never did do you think you would have finished it or given up on it it's very different doing this project knowing that you have to finish the movie and you can't just tap out. Oh, I would have finished this film. You would have finished Yeah, I, I loved watching it until the last three minutes. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Oh, yeah, I was I was fully invested in this film. Okay, okay. And then it just made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of streaming platforms, because I... Well, The Witcher got released... But we're slowly watching that. We don't really want to rush through it. We 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 normally rush through the the Witcher, but like this time it's just like because it's gonna be a while until the next one. We're going to slowly make our way through it. I have been rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine painfully, but more like falling asleep to it. So I was like doing stuff to it, puttering around in the bedroom, and it was like, oh, like I'll put something on, and Scooby Doo got added to Netflix. Number one and number two. But because we don't own number one, I decided to put number one on because I wanted to find out why you liked this movie. Oh, it's great. It's so funny. But like, what about it? They go to the island. It's so fun. It's such a party. I don't know. I was a child when I watched it. I loved it. The second one's good, too. I just cannot recall the second one as well as I can recall the first one. Yeah, so I got to the part where I barely got into the movie is like basically what I'm trying to tell you because they landed off the plane 
I think I'm like all oh, 15 minutes. That's how much puttering around. I think I was like folding laundry. So like once the laundry was folded, I was like, I'm not going to sit here and watch the movie. I actually need something to do. But I will be slowly over the next like maybe four weeks watching <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Small little increments. Yeah. Okay. Every time I do laundry, I'll uh, keep watching the movie. But I haven't been interested in watching. Actually, that is not true. I finally, finally can't remember what the name of what I've been watching. Black Mirror. Oh, you're finally watching Black Mirror. I finally got into it off of someone's like recommendation. And I was like, well, it's been around for a while. You know, the big anticipation of the next few episodes have been like dropping. And only one so far I have not liked. Have you watched any of it before? None of it. I think I've seen one episode because of... I don't know if it was because of school or something. They're like, you have to, I feel like I've seen one, but I actually couldn't tell you. So maybe not. Maybe I've only seen a snippet of an episode, but. Okay. There are definitely some ones that I think you should watch and you would really enjoy. I love the standalone nature and this just really tidy thesis and problem and really pushing your mind of like, well, what if this, the world was like this and what would it look like? And what if what we're heading into had a bit of a change and this is the outcome? I like, I really do enjoy my mind kind of being pushed into this direction and seeing what the possibility of technology and like the actual scariness of it all, but also very highly unlikely that everything's going to be replicated in the way that it's presented to you but I, I do recommend there's there'll be a couple of episodes that I think you should watch both both on like entertainment value but then also on what it's kind of challenging you to perceive and what you kind of think about it because there were a couple where I was like oh I'd like to have a discussion about it with you oh okay interesting have you you uh love death robots no watch those ones okay. that will you'll You'll think. I think I've seen two episodes and I can only remember. I have seen two episodes. I don't remember one of them and I can vividly recall the other. And I felt so gross afterwards. Like not, it just, I, I was like, I don't want to live in a world like that at all. (laughs) No, that's fair. Who did you hate more? Bryony or Mr. Holland? Who's Mr. Holland? The chocolate man? The teacher. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Uh, that seems like ages ago. Oh. Who did I dislike more? Uh, Briny. She made me cry. Oh, but I didn't like him either. Oh. <laughs> was it just a silly childish mistake? And he was just an asshole. A man child. Uh, yeah, I have a man child. Uh... No, Bryony. Bryony? Yeah. I think that's fair. She did get two people killed. He didn't kill anyone. He just killed relationships. Yeah. They were still at least living, but like he could have obviously killed someone. His son could have become suicidal if he wasn't accepted. Yeah. But he had a supportive mother. But yeah, I think Bryony is the evil between the two of them, which is really interesting to have back-to-back movies where... 
your main main characters are kind of evil, even though I know Mr. Holland's open. It's not, he's not so, supposed to be evil. He's not supposed to be, but he's my evil. goodness, he's he's not evil. He's just not a decent person. Evil, not a decent person. It's just. He's not kind to the people no. who he should be kind no. to, is no. what it is. Yeah. Whereas I think Bryony, Bryony is kind, but she's misguided with her kindness. I think she thinks she's saved. Yeah, that's that's the issue. She thinks she's saving someone when, in fact, she's in turn hurting. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into ratings. What is your story rating? I gave it a four out of five. It would have been a five if the ending wasn't the way the ending was. Okay. I, I, was gave, a, I was mad, sorry. And sad. <laughs> mad and sad. I gave it a three out of five. I enjoyed the concept of the film, mm-hmm. but I also just also didn't connect with it necessarily. So. You also were rushed to watch it, and I'm so sorry for that. Oh, like it is what it is. We we're we're in a time crunch right now. What is your music score? I gave it I gave it a three point five out of five. Um I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Is really why it's sitting there. And then I looked it up before we started and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I recognize this and it fit the film, but it, it didn't make me I didn't love it. It's not something I was going to I'm going to sit and listen to or could recall. And, and or if I were to hear it, I'd be like, oh, that's familiar. But what film is it from? Mm-hmm. So three out of five for three point five out of five for me. I'm a three out of five. Basically the same thing as I was trying to remember what happened. I, I couldn't really remember. Yeah. Visuals. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. I thought it was visually very stunning. Uh, Well done. Just well done. Yeah. I give it a 4 out of 5. I thought the clothing design for all of this was Mm -hmm. really phenomenal. And then the set designs that they did and then all of the buildings that they used were also really, really nice. I was also looking at sometimes like there was like long pauses on them Mm -hmm. in the scenes. So it was just really was able to take in the background. Yes. Sometimes that's like one thing with films you you don't get to rest your eye on the background and take it in because it's flipping around too much. This is a film that if you like you watched it without sound, I'd be so curious to know what was going on. Like imagine if Mr. Holland didn't have any sound. I'd just kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but you are this right. Film, if there's no sound, I'd be like, what? Is, what is going on though? What is? Th- there's some real drama, and I want to know. <laughs> Your overall score. It is an 8 out of 10 for me. Okay, I am a 6.6 out of 10. IMDb has it at a 7.8, so you are closer. Do we keep this DVD? Fuck. See, my issue with it is I just said I will never watch this film again, so I don't need to own it. But it's also not on any streaming platform. Ooh. You know what? Because I'm so conflicted, I think I should keep it. Okay. I will say yes. So you're going to say yes? I think we should keep it for... I mean, like, I actually think I would eventually rewatch it. Just probably the first hour or 45 minutes of the film to kind of just, just see it all and experience it all. Maybe it'd be in a better mood and watch it. Yeah, not, and also not but, fight with the DVD player. But not see it on your computer screen. You didn't see it on yeah, a nice big TV that's the screen. Other thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely ruining the experience. Okay, it's time to pick next week's DVD. It's time to say goodbye to Atonement served us well and let's see what 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 are we watching i'm kind of hoping for like an animated we haven't had an animated in a long time and it's not 
Okay. It's it's not. It's not good based on that face. It's just not something that I really want to be watching. Like I I'm feeling something really light. We've had some heavy movies this past few weeks. Uh, have you seen it before? I have not seen it before. Okay. And there is let me just double check that this is what I'm thinking. Um it is because uh yeah, so it is what I'm thinking of and there is a very specific reason as to why I would never pick this film off the shelf. It's going to be a very controversial opinion because the music in this film is very beloved. Okay. Have I seen this before? I don't believe you have seen this before. Let me... Wait, is it just known for its music or is it known for other things? Uh, more specifically, it's music. You have not seen this film before. No. I'm not saying that the music... Can you sing along to it or is it instrumental? Oh, you can sing along to it. Oh. Yeah. Is it a musical? Possibly. I believe it is a musical. Yes, it's a musical romantic dr drama film. Huh. What is it? Tell me it's Les Mis. <laughs> it's not Les Mis. Fuck. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see if I can describe... The music. Okay, well, it's not Phantom. You've seen Phantom before, and I've seen Phantom before. The music is brought to you by a band. A, be the Beatles? Correct. There's a movie about the Beatles? There is not a movie about the Beatles, but there is a movie oh, is that, that is centered. Is that the Journey... I was gonna, it's called... Well, Journey's not a bad word. No, it's like the... Yeah, drawing circles with a pen is correct. No. <laughs> you and I are sitting. Facing each other? Another word for it. Towards each other? Uh, another word. Across? Thank you, journey. No, I was going to say journey across the world. It's like, it's like, it's like, um, I've, that's why I'm moving my pen. It's like, uh, uh, okay, that, that's the correct word. Across? Yep. Earth, world. Yep. countries something uh bigger bigger than the earth plant uh, space close yeah you can't say close and then yeah it's either <laughs> yes or no <laughs> well, you're 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 nearly there it's it's not space it's uh universe yes. oh uh <laughs> across the universe yes Okay, thank you. That's that's why I'm circling my pen and moving my arms. I knew it was something about an, an adventure. Um, um, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's not on any streaming platform, so we will have to do another DVD handoff. Okay. We're going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to follow along, hit the follow or subscribe button. If you would like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.